everybody, and welcome back to the Football Observer Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I am here with my co-hosts, Walker Kelly and Mike Valverde. For all you Evan fans, I promise he is still alive. He is just ducking us because of his Justin Fields ranking. He is still ducking us. Hopefully he'll be back soon. (laughs) Come on the podcast and get roasted. Yeah. (laughs) Evan, go on your own podcast. (laughs) (laughs) At Evan Hoovler, go on. football absurdity podcast (laughs) all right so um if you are not a patron you have no idea what we're talking about uh evan has a very interesting ranking of justin fields and if you'd like to hear it you can subscribe to our patreon patreon.com slash football absurdity uh during the off season every other episode is in that feed it's three bucks a month and it is uh some good stuff one guy who took advantage of this is washington irving i already gave him a shout out on the patreon but might as well give him here one here Washington, welcome in. So what we're going to go ahead and do today is um, talk about the wide receivers. But first, a couple things of housekeeping. Uh, not next week, but the week after, we are actually going to be uh, going into our Twitch, twitch.tv or twitch.com slash football absurdity. And uh, we'll be live streaming that episode, which will be a mock draft as well as talking tight ends, which if we're being real here, it's Kyle Pitts and a couple other guys. Um, so you can check that out. Um, and I will be uh, posting a link to that on the uh, Twitter feed for football absurdity, which is at FBall absurdity also on mine at Jeff Crisco. And I'm sure it will be retweeted by Walker at Big Daddy Drix, D-R-I-X, and Mike R-F-L Red Zone. So, um, yeah, guys, let's go ahead. Let's get right into the wide receivers. No big earth-shaking news this week, uh, not like last time where we had to talk about Sam Darnold or the time before that when we had to talk about uh, 49ers getting three. So, um, real quick before I have you guys give your overall impression of the class, I wanted to update some research that I did last offseason because – I was trying to figure out because uh, there's a lot of like breakout age, dominator score, uh, you know, measurable calculations, all these proprietary formulas. And I tried to figure out, you know, which of these has the best correlation to wide receivers producing in their rookie year. And I did all the research. I did all the, the R squareds and I found out the thing that has the highest correlation to rookie year top 36 finishes is the NFL doing all the hard work for you. There was a clear dividing line between the top 100 and the uh, outside the top 100. Um, last offseason, it was uh, I started in 2010. So 2010 through 2019, 125 wide receivers were taken inside the top 10. 21 of them had wide receiver six or be- 36 or better seasons. So that's 16.8 percent of the 188 wide receivers taken outside the top 100 in that same span. Three finished wide receiver 36 or better. And one of them was not even drafted it was victor cruz so it's uh it's um a really nice shorthand to if you're looking at redraft only and you're looking at the rookies you can really just look at guys that go in the top 100 picks that got even starker last season 15 guys taken in the top 100 five of them would were wide receiver 36 or better 19 guys were taken outside the top 100 none of them finished as wide receiver 36 or better so in your draft if you're looking at a rookie wide receiver, you can shorthand it, look, make a shorter list by only looking at guys that go in the top 100. The updated figures for 2010 till now, 18.5% of wide receivers that go in the top 100 return top 36 seasons their rookie year, and 1.5% of the guys that go outside the top 100 become top 36 wide receivers their rookie year. So if you're in redraft, 
uh, go load the draft into Excel and delete everything after pick 100 when you're looking at wide receivers. And there's your short list for guys to look at. So uh, that had a higher correlation than you can look at the article. Um, I'll, I'll post the link to it from last year. I looked at uh, dominator rating, breakout age, um, all the stuff that Dynasty Twitter loves to look at, uh, measurables, all that. None of them had as good a correlation as just going in the top 100 picks, which seems insane, but that's the culmination of all that data is the NFL doing that. Now, going in the top 100 picks doesn't mean that you're going to be good. Um, Andy Isabella, two years ago. Um, last year, JJ Arcega Whiteside, Nikhil Harry, um, who else, who else wasn't productive last year? Jalen Rager wasn't productive. Um, see, um, yes, yeah, almost rugs. a, First yeah, rugs first overall pick, but it's a nice shorthand. Also going outside the top 100 doesn't mean that you're good. Um, Gabe Davis was outside the top 100 last year and he's, you know, he's quickly moving up. Doesn't mean that you're bad. You mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you, I, well, I meant to say it doesn't mean that you won't be good. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, Gabe Davis, uh, Darnell Mooney outside the top 100. A couple guys that uh probably going to take a step forward this year. But shorthand, if you're only worried about this year, just look at the top 100. So there's going to be a lot more, a lot of guys in the top 100 this year. Um, uh, a lot of guys in the top, it looks like 50 um, going in the top 50. So let's go ahead and uh, Walker and Michael, have you guys give your overall impression of this draft class, including basically compared to last draft class because last draft class i mean one third of the guys that went in the top 100 uh finished as a wide receiver 36 or better so that's you know that's that's a really good figure and um i just want your overall impression and uh walker why don't we start with you uh i would say it's maybe slightly weaker than last year's um i don't think there's quite as many top level prospects um you know you've got the, right at the top, it's pretty similar. So you had Lamb, Judy, Ruggs, Jefferson really were the top for most people in some order. And uh, this year, the top for the top four for most people are Chase, Smith, Waddle, and Bateman in some order. And I'd say that those are pretty similar. But once you get past that, there were quite a few really still solid. Uh, like high level receiver prospects in the draft last year, even down through like wide receiver 15. Like I think I had probably, I think I had 15 day two or better grades on receivers last year, whereas this year I have 12. So I think it's a little bit thinner, um, but that's not to say it's a bad class in any means, because I think last year was an insanely high level receiver class, like 10 out of 10, whereas mm-hmm. this year would be like, eight and a half out of 10. Like it's really good still. It's just not quite as good as last year. I mean, there's still guys I think will go on in the fourth or fifth round who I have, you know, early day three grades on who will become at least like decently productive and reliable NFL football players. Yeah. And um, we're also coming off one thing I forgot to mention in my preamble two good top heavy classes. Cause in 2019 we had AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, uh, Debo Samuel, who was good before injury, and then Terry McLaurin, who actually I believe went in the third round. So that mm-hmm. gives you an idea of the depth of, of that class. So um, it looks like three good classes in a row, at least at the top. Um, so, Mike, what's your overall impression of the class? Um, I agree with Walker quite a bit. And then I think the only thing that I would add is I don't think it's – we're talking like just shaves off 
uh, as far as talent wise, I think this class is not as talented. But what I think this class offers, other than what last year offer was, I, last year I think it was after like the third round. It might even been in the second round. No wide receiver was taken until like the fifth fifth round. I mean it. It, you got the top level production. Sorry about it, that. <laughs> and then it dropped. Um, I think Frankie's disagreeing with me. Yeah. And um, like it. so um, it, it you had that top level and then it dropped. Where I think this year it's going to be more streamlined, where, where you won't see such a big disparity between the second and fifth round. I think it, you're going to see you know wide receivers um, pretty much go out throughout the draft. So a more a more uh, gradual um move down than a than a dividing line yeah exactly okay yeah so all right so um if you are not a patron you did not hear our last episode but um the way that we do this is uh walker mike evan and myself all gave our top 10 and we create a consensus rank out of that and um then we just kind of go down that list and we talk about it so this has 14 guys on it um each of these 14 guys ended up in at least our top 10 um, at some point. Um, if you want to know who the heroes were, Walker is the Nico Collins guy, Mike is the Amari Rogers guy, and Evan is the Diami Brown guy. I am nobody's guy, apparently. I am, like I put in the uh, hangout, I am the coward. There is no hero pick for me. So um, the uh, let's just go down the list. So the number one wide receiver uh, by our consensus ranks is Jamar Chase um, out of LSU. Uh, six foot two oh eight. Um, Walker, Mike, and Evan all have him first. I have him second. I do have Devonta, Devonta Smith above him. That's just personal preference on wide receivers. So, um, Walker, you went first on the impression. So, Mike, why don't you talk about Jamar Chase a little bit? So, um, with with Jamar, he's definitely he's a marginal route runner um, who you know sort of struggles getting off the press a little bit. Um, mm. But he's a, definitely a ball winner, playmaker, um, has effortless burst, smooth, subtle, explosive. Uh, hand fighting is very important. And then if you're going to look at sort of his, his weaknesses, uh, short area foot quickness, um, going in and out of routes, uh, which is very important because you, you want – if you're breaking, you know, an in route, you, you want that quickness of the foot to, to go from the break into the smooth route. So you're making a 90 degree cut on, say, the out route. You want that speed to to go faster. If you're slowing down, that means your timing's off, quarterback's off. You're not, you're not going to get the ball. Um, I, I don't like the fact that he's easy, easily disrupted by the press. Um, he sort of can be nonchalant in his routes, which is not a good sign. Um, and then doesn't create enough cornerback uh, tilt out of the stems and turns. So those are sort of the positives and negatives of, of Chase. All right. Um, Walker, what, what what's your impression of uh, Jamar Chase in this class? Uh, <clears throat> I think he's you know, he was insanely productive uh, at a really young age. Um, he's got good size. He's very athletic. Uh, he's outstanding at the catch point. Really good hands. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess route running, he's average to above average maybe, but that's really the only nitpick you can make with him. And uh, as such, he's a top five uh, overall prospect for me. Yeah, I 
I have Jamar Chase second. Um, he does have one question mark, which is really trying to find something to, you know, talk about with him. He did take 2020 off, so we haven't seen him since 2019. Not really anything that moves my rankings, just something that I think people should know. He did take it off because of COVID. Um, I agree. I his route running relied more on him being bigger and stronger than the defensive back than any sort of technical technical skills that he had when I was watching him, Mike, I agree with you. Press coverage gives him fits. Um, he is great at catching defended balls, but it felt like he was defended way too much. Like he was having a lot of trouble getting separation and kind of relying on being stronger than the defensive back, which, um, Maybe it's a little PTSD from going all in with Nikhil Harry, but this is the type of wide receiver that does give me pause. Granted, I still think he's very good. He's my number two. Um, you know, you 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 watch him, you get um, you know number one wide receiver vibes off of him, like the classic guy that we've known over the last decade with your uh, AJ Greens and Julio Jones types. Um, but I kind of think football is just going more in a a more um, a smaller direction. And um, these guys will kind of get pushed the periphery a little bit more, not quite as much, but I think guys like who I have number one, Devonta Smith, um, are kind of the future of the uh, um, wide receiver position. Not necessarily, uh, you know, six, seven, twenty-seven pounds like Devonta Smith is, um, or at least that's what Devonta Smith detractors would tell you. But um, I just, I really like Jamar Chase, but I just have a slight hesitation from the fact that. Um, he relied so much on being bigger and stronger and see i i personally don't just because the only time i have paused with that is when the receiver isn't a very good athlete so like Mm -hmm. with harry it made sense because he was an above average but not great athlete whereas chase is a truly elite athlete and so i don't really have a worry you know he he's if, even if he can't rely on being just stronger at the catch point than professional corners, he's got other tools in his bag, whereas Harry doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying he's Nikhil Harry. I, I, I don't want to give the impression that he's he's still my he's he's my number two wide receiver. It's just uh, he and Devonta Smith are very close um, for uh, for me. Um, so why don't we? Go ahead and start talking about Devonta Smith, who's our consensus uh, wide receiver two. Um, I have him first. Mike and Walker have him second. Evan has him fourth. Another coward's ranking for Evan to, to dodge. Um, he is uh, 6'1", 170 out of Alabama. Um, 6'1", 170, you know automatically the number one thing that people try to talk about with him is they say he's just too darn skinny. And what I say is I do not care about how skinny he is because he is always open. Um, my comparison, my NFL comp to him is the X-Man Nightcrawler because he just always appears open. Um, now I've, I've heard um, Calvin Ridley vibes from him. I saw Marvin Harrison, Mike. Uh, I like that. I like uh, that. Marvin Harrison, your boy. Um, he's, he's, a, he's just, he's a yak machine is what it feels like. And, um, he just, I don't know. I, I like him a lot. He's always open. He's always catching the ball. He's versatile. He's, he's, he's just got everything I want in a wide receiver. When I watched him, I kind of fell in love with him the same way I fell in love with CD lamb last year. Um, just, I, I liked everything about him and I don't, I don't care that he's six one one seventy because it doesn't, 
it it doesn't matter to me if you're six one one seventy. If you're always between the defensive back and the ball, then that's what matters to me. You know, so that that's kind of how I feel about Devonta Smith. It might not be the most vociferous defense of him being my number one guy, but it's really more Jamar Chase giving me pause. Um, I like them both a lot. Um, he is. Like I said, he's a he's a yak monster. Um, just get the ball in his hands and sit back and, and enjoy the ride. That's how I feel about uh, Devonta Smith. So, um, Mike, what's your take on Devonta? Uh, he's just a great athlete. Quickness, speed, uh, COD, change of direction, uh, fluidity. Call of Duty? Call of Duty, baby. Um, you know, he creates separation defenders. You can put him in. You can run him, have him run short, intermediate, deep routes. Uh, in, can wins inside outside coverage. Uh, per, what one of the things that really stood stood out to me is that his production, no matter who's who's calling signals, he's always produced. So you know has as good good feet forward lean when he's um you know manipulating the stems and 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 breaks and in those kind of things. And I mean I, we could look at his thinness as as you mentioned, you know average play strength. Um, but Anybody can play, you know, inside, outside, he's got to have something. He's got to be a reason why he can do both. Uh, and if it's, you know, if it's speed or whatever, whatever the situation is, he's beating the DB and it might just not have to do with the fact that he's thin. It has to do with the fact that he can manipulate his feet and, and uh, tip the direction to the DB who's who thinks he's going left, but he's going right. Um, whatever the situation may be, he wins, and that's what you want out of your receiver. Um, he does get a little jostled at the top of the route. You know, you can get a little banged up off that route, but um, you know, I'll take it. All right, Walker, what's your take on uh, Mr. Smith? Uh, he's uh, he's a great route runner. He's extremely fast and sudden. Uh, great burst. Outstanding hands. Might be the best hands in the draft. I mean, dude's got Velcro. Uh, I, it, yeah, I mean, the only real, I guess the only question mark is play strength. Um, nah, he plays, he does play bigger than 170. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mike's right. He occasionally would get a little bit bullied. Um, but it's a very specific type of corner that's going to give him trouble. It's just the best ones, you know, the, the, <laughs> the ones who are big, but also really athletic and also have amazing technique. So it's like, well, yeah, Jalen Ramsey can probably cover him really well, but that's Jalen Ramsey. Like, yeah. you know, even your average number one corner, like the Lions' number one corner is Amani Oruwariye. He's quite good at football. I would trust Devontae Smith to beat him more often than not. So, yeah, it's there's not a whole lot to pick at here. He's he's just a really solid player, and uh, he's he's got a top ten overall grade for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, that's, there's not a lot of pick out, which is why people have invented this BMI problem for him. Right. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's, you know, six, one, one seventy. He's a skinny guy. Skinny guys can't succeed in the NFL. I'm not worried about it because outside of a little bit of bully ball by, by Walker, you put it perfectly. The best defensive backs are going to give him trouble. Well, the best defensive backs give most guys trouble. So, um, outside of some bully ball, uh, I mean, it's it's hard to find any problems with his game. So, um, why don't we go ahead and talk about his teammate, who is our consensus number three? And when I can say consensus across the board, Jalen Waddle was number three. Jalen Waddle, five uh, ten, one eighty two, 
out of Alabama and Walker. How do you feel about Jalen Waddle? Uh, I mean, he's also very good. I have him also with a top 10 grade, uh, super productive. Even last year when they had uh, Ruggs, Judy and Smith along with him in the receiver room, he was still quite productive. Another guy, he's probably the best route runner in the class. He's really, really a good technician. Um, also extremely fast. Uh, again, there's just not a whole lot to pick at. I mean, he's a little small maybe, but that doesn't mean he can't play outside. Uh, just a, a great football player. I mean, all around really solid. I, uh, I I think he doesn't quite have the ceiling maybe that Smith does. Um doesn't make quite as many like huge big plays because he's not quite as good after the catch. Um, but again, the, you know, it's just you're nitpicking really because he's, he's outstanding. You know, he's, he's a great, great player. Um, like I said, top 10 grade overall for me. So no, no complaints really. Yeah. That, that's, that's what I'm finding with the guys at the top. It's like, we keep saying it's like, here, here's a problem with them. And we're like, well, it's, it's not a big problem. It's just uninteresting to gush over somebody. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. basically that I'm, I'm like, just like kind of doing that role right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah, this dude's really good. I think it's cool. Yeah. I think he's going to be fun. Uh, Mike, what do you think about Jalen Waddle? He's a game game breaking talent. Um, mm. One one of the fastest receivers in this class. Um, he one of the th- couple things that I really like about him is that he can take the top off the defense, and that's that's a term talked about a lot, and a lot of people may not or may know what that is. But basically, what that is is when you have the safety um, and one wide receiver, that safety will move <sighs> over to the side of that wide receiver. Um, which allows the offense more room to to manage. So because he can do that, you're almost getting a double team kind of look, one on the DB and then one on the safety. Uh, and he wins 50-50 balls. The well, negatives, a little ankle injury. Um, he's coming off of that. Um, never really tested um, in coverage in 2020. He will body catch, which you don't ever want to see on the receiver, because when you're body catching, you're allowing the the force of the ball to hit you. And then that's why you drop it. You need to use your arms straight out, hands around the ball to sort of cushion the ball coming into you so you can make the catch. Uh, You know, just um, drops passes, you know, a little little too easily. And can he beat the press? We don't know. So those are the couple things that I'm sort of looking at. Yeah. So, um to your guys's point um, for Jalen Waddle, I put him, uh, I wrote it, he's a, a poor man's Tyreek Hill, um, if you want an idea of how he plays. Um, but then I saw Mel Kuyper said that, so I might have to adjust that um, somewhat. Uh, that's a joke. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> um, there's not a lot of good 40 yard dash times, but I, when I was researching Waddle, I found uh, Daniel Jeremiah uh, moved the sticks for the NFL was doing an interview and he revealed that uh, he found out that Waddle um, with the GPS chips they had in the the jerseys or in the uniforms. Um, Jesus, the pads. I got it right the third time in the pads. He uh, he was the fastest wide receiver in the country um, in, in 2020. So um, that's kind of what he is. And yeah, I don't really have much to add um, to him, except I really like his start stop. I don't I don't. Um, think you guys talked about his uh his uh start and stop uh when he's uh out there doing change of direction stuff but i really like how um he can um 
turn on a dime. Um, I said, you know, not comping him to this player, but the way his rookie year might uh, pan out is a lot like how AJ Brown's panned out, where he kind of had trouble um, starting off just because, um, you know, the, the offense that he's going to end up in didn't um, prioritize him. But once they did, he kind of took off. Um, I put that because I'm seeing a lot of mock drafts where he ends up kind of in the teens where there's already an established wide receiver on the team. Um, like uh, the most recent one I saw was uh, he falls to Arizona. Well, you've got DeAndre Hopkins there. Um, so and you've got, you know, superstar A.J. Green, who's still A.J. Green from five years ago. No. But there you go. I was waiting for the crickets. Um, so I, I just kind of think that, you know, what the way I kind of think Waddle playing out, because most rookies aren't good for all 16 games or all. I broke it down into four quarters of the season. They're not good for all four quarters. Usually I see Jalen Waddle as as a guy that um, given where he's probably going to end up in the draft, uh, it will take teams a little bit of time to prioritize him. But once he does, I think he'll be great in the second half of his rookie year. I think he'll be very good. Um, but that has more to do with like kind of, for lack of a better term, game theory, which uh, where he's with uh, where he's likely to end up than the talent himself, because I think he's he's great, too. I think the top four guys are all, you know, kind of in a tier by themselves. Um, and uh, so number four for me. Oh, it's Evan pulled this up. Sorry, I got a little confused here because you guys both have more uh, Rondell Moore as your number four guy. And uh, I was trying to figure out how Rashad Bateman was for it because Evan I, put it too. cowardice too. to not be I on the that. podcast. Absolute cowardice by Evan. Yeah, cowardice. Evan, get back on. Absolutely. You guys were saying, you guys were saying Call of Duty, uh, uh, Call of Duty, more like uh, Evan's Evan's rankings. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So why don't, why don't we do this? I will not. I will not uh, give Evan's rankings purchase by talking about Rashad Bateman next. We're going to talk about Rondell Moore. Uh, out of the three <laughs> on his podcast, he would be number four. So I will. Uh, I am disrespecting Evan Rondale Moore. Um, he was listed at five, nine, uh, tested at five, seven, one eighty. Um, so people are that kind of raised heads because of the, uh, the height difference from his, um, uh, listed and what it actually ended up being. But, um, he ran a four, he ran a four, two, nine, 40. So who cares? Who cares? Walker. Let's talk about, uh, Rondale Moore. Uh, Rondell Moore is so much fun, dude. He's just, he's electric. You can get him the ball anytime, anywhere. Um, he excites people in the same way Tavon Austin excited people, except he's actually like good at running routes and getting open too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, with Austin, it was just like, he ran straight down the field or he got a handoff and he was just faster than everybody. Well, with Moore, he can do that, but then he can also get open. So, if if a team uses him correctly, he's going to be just insane. I mean, he he's so fast. He's so sudden. He has great vision after the catch. Really, the only thing you can't do with him is throw the ball, just toss the ball up and tell him to go get it because he's small. But anything else on the football field, on the offensive end you want that you want from him, he's going to provide. So the only questions are the height. And maybe a little bit health. He did have injuries in college, mm -hmm. so you can't completely discount that. But um, 
he's so, so talented, and it wasn't, like, injury concerns to the point of, like, a Jalen Phillips-type player. So not enough to knock him any further down than a first-round grade for me. Yeah, and and you, you put it perfectly with uh, this type of player. Um, kind of, we first, you know, he, he got a lot of prominence with Tavon Austin or, like, a Corderell Patterson type, but he is much better. That, that type has drastically evolved in the last decade to no, be, like— wrong. Yeah, Rondale Moore is uh like he's he's good Percy Harvin. Yeah. The oh, game breaking style, but also with actual receiver ability baked in. Yeah. Like he is I, I you know, I you know, being a 49ers fan, I was like, oh, he's like a little Brandon Ayuk. Like he can actually run routes, he can but he can do a little bit of everything. And um I said, you know, I'll I'll just get into what I said about um about more um i put you know he's a little guy but they can succeed if they do a little bit of everything and he does like everything like you said he's a he's a a better Tavon austin he's um you know like a small much smaller it's it's hard to give comparisons to him because guys his height they're they're like what cole beasley uh tariq cohen like short guys like there's not there's not a lot of wide receiver uh running back hybrid types that well i mean beasley's not a running back hybrid but there's not a lot of guys his height in the nfl so it's hard to find a size comp for him but in terms of what he does he's like you know he's a jack of all trades he does a little bit of everything um he got a ton of little those little pop pass jet sweeps that became all the rage in the nfl last year he got a ton of those because they were like just get the ball in your hands just do what you do best we're just going to get you the ball and and kick back um i put him as five because Walker, I'm a little bit more concerned by the injuries than you are um, because I cost him a bunch of time in 2019 and 2020. Well, 2020, he opted out. Oh, did he opt out? Yeah. Oh, somebody led me astray because full disclosure, I do not watch the NCAA and somebody said missed time in 2020 with injuries. So that I I will blame that nameless person because they they led me down the wrong path. So my bad, only 2019. Um, but he opted out of 2020. So, um, I blame the person who, uh, whose knowledge I believed. So, um, I passed that buck. Mike, why don't you talk about Rondell Moore? He's like a Ferrari. I mean, just zero to 60. He's going to hit that 60 mark in like no time at all off the line of scrimmage. Uh, I like the fact that he runs 60 miles an hour, Mike. That's what I'm hearing. (laughs) He might get up to 60 miles per hour. Um, he gets, you know, maintains that speed too, which is really nice. Um, a good thing also is his routes intentions. You never want to tip your route, and he doesn't at all. He's you, you're just just that straight line looking to sell the fade, and then boom, hits that 90 degree turn, and then he's out in the out route or in route. I don't know if he's going to be running a lot of in routes, but uh, look for those sluggos, out routes, those kind of things from him. Uh, you know, again, as you guys talked about, undersized, but, um, you know, and the fact that stronger quarterbacks can sort of uh, knock him off his route, those kind of things you don't really want. Focus drops. Um, it's like, dang, dude, you know, you, you need to you need to really start, you know, always passes are always focused. But he does have some of those drops that you're just like, nah, um, needs needs to work better angles in traffic. And then. um I think I think a couple things is when he's going downfield he'll he'll turn his head and that'll slow him down a lot. So <clears throat> when you're running out routes and those kind of things you immediately turn your head and if he's going to be doing those kind of routes you're going you're going to wonder how much speed he has 
when he immediately turns his head, is he going to slow down? Those kind of things. But other than that, I, you know, he's definitely probably, if not in the first round, he'll be an early second round pick. Yeah. Um, Walker, where did you have him uh, graded out? Uh, first round. First round. Okay. So, um, all right, let's go ahead and move on to our number five guy, who is uh, actually the number four guy, but we're not uh, letting the coward Evan um, have his win here. It's uh, Rashad Bateman. Um, I have him fourth. Uh, Walker, you have him fifth. Mike, you have him sixth. Um, kind of an interesting guy in so far as um, an encapsulation of 2020. Uh, he played at 6'2", 210, uh, lost, apparently lost a bunch of weight cause he had a scary battle with COVID after he opted out for the last, I believe three games of, uh, Minnesota season. Um, he came out, um, at his pro day at six foot one ninety. So he, he says he lost a lot of weight from COVID, but somehow he also lost two inches. Um, so that's an interesting thing. Um, but, uh, Walker, we'll start with you. How how do you feel about Rashad Bateman? Bateman to me is he's a very solid player. He he's a good route runner. He's plays strong, good hands, um, good at the catch point, good athleticism. He's just good all around. He he feels like he's going to be a really high level wide receiver too, to me. Um, I did give him a first round grade. Um, but I, I, I think his, his ceiling is one of those like Robert Woods type guys where, um, they're like either a one A or a one B, like not a true superstar type guy, but a really solid player at year in and year out good every year. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I can't really see a, a scenario where he's not productive because he doesn't really have a true weakness. Like he's, he, again, he's not a, he, he's not a guy who's super great at any one thing but he's really solid at everything so i i don't know i i just feel like i i just feel like he's gonna be good you know he, his his ceiling is like really good wide receiver two and his floor is like good wide receiver two like you you know what you're getting here yeah when i when i was watching him i think this will help uh, explain your point better i did not find a lot i didn't like but he was the first wide receiver i watched going down this list that didn't wow me mm -hmm. like i was like i was like he's really good but he didn't have me you know hooting and hollering but he was i was like but he's still really good there's not a lot of downside yep. with him That's and exactly uh, it. yeah and with the downside mike <laughs> downside so I, mike will always find downside <laughs> <laughs> press release um, it can be very inefficient at times. Uh, you know, he, he will struggle. He has some inconsistency against stronger, um, talented opponents. Uh, a lot of limit. I mean, there, when he's running his, like his routes and this, those stems, he has a lot of motion in them and that, that needs to go away because a, it's slowing him down and B it's not really tipping off the DB and manipulating the thoughts of the DB. So that, that really needs to be worked on. Um, he, he does have average burst could be better when he's uh, making his, his COD, um, in his routes below average tracking, um, on the deep throw. He, when that ball's up in the air, he needs to track it a lot better. He just seems like he gets a little off point and he, in a little, little wibbly wobbly there. Um, so needs to track the deep throw better. 
And what can he do as a blocker? Um, he wasn't really asked to do anything as a blocker. And, you know, once you get in the pro game, it, it, you expand your toolbox with run blocking. You can play more. You can do more things. And you could line up, you know, in various positions on the line of scrimmage if you are a good blocker. But he wasn't asked to do it. So can he do it? Yeah. Um, Mike, is this a dig at my I don't care about college run blocking? <laughs> <laughs> I had that in mind as I was talking. I'm like. Well, I, I don't want to call you out, Jeff, but yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to me. If, like I said, if we were a draft podcast, I would care. But we're a fantasy podcast. I do not care. You know how else you can play his way onto the field is by being a really good wide receiver outside of pass blocking. Um, so, yeah, um, I was looking through my notes again. I did put, uh, Mike, to your point, uh, I did find a downside in him. His breaks can sometimes get a little sloppy. So there you go. Um, that That's my downside. So, uh, yeah, so Chase, Smith, Waddle, kind of, uh, let's do this. Chase, Smith, Waddle, Rondell Moore. We'll put them on their own so pe- when pedestal. He, when his breaks, is he, is he, like, rounding them, or is it too many steps? I need to look into that further. Um, it was all over the place. There's okay. no consistency. Sometimes he's rounding them. Sometimes he's just, like, they're choppy. Just, just load up the game and, and try to watch it like that. They're all over the place. That's not good. Inconsistency no. is not a good thing. And They're I think that's one the of the things with him and his routes is that it's just not consistent. Yeah, they're they're all over the place. So, um, all right. Uh, so that is. Uh, let me run through the top five again. Chase Smith, Waddle went rogue. We decided Rondell Moore was four. Rashad Bateman fifth. So now our number six guy, Terrace Marshall. Um, junior out of LSU, 6'3", 200. So, um, Mike, let's start with you talking about Terrace Marshall. Oh, I should also say Rondo Moore, I have in, in the second round. So I think we're probably starting the second round, guys, here. Great um, call. And as far as Marshall goes, fast, talented, big, uh, comfortable outside, um, and natural ball tracker, you know, a lot more as the other guy. Uh, second gear catch radius very important catch radius can he catch it work can he catch it he can catch it everywhere and his size gives him a good 50 50 uh ball kind of guy he does lack focus and intensity uh step slow to get hands catch ready as a slot target you once is a slot target if you're when you're making those ins and outs you really need to get those hands ready that head turn and ready to catch the ball and he just doesn't do it as fast as he should be all this could be worked on coach so no problems there and then um he needs to do a better job finishing his routes that that's really disappointing um you know i don't know if he just doesn't it feels like he's not going to get the ball so he just sort of sloppily does it or what the situation in Again, coachable, not really worried about it, but those are sort of his negatives. Okay. Uh, Walker, how's your feel uh, for Terrace Marshall in this one? Yeah, he's uh, he's a second-round grade for me. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's solid. You know, I, uh, he wasn't uh, as good as either Chase or Jefferson were on tape, um, but it's tough to be. He's he's solid. He, he's big. He's fast. He's strong. He's sudden. Um, and he's productive. Uh, but yeah, Mike's right. He is a bit lazy with his routes. Sometimes he's not a great route runner to begin with. Um, 
he can get away with that because of his size. Mm-hmm. But uh, I definitely think he's a solid wide receiver two type guy. He he's like a Corey Davis type to me. That's kind of where I had I Corey Davis that that type of player where um, if your team is relying on him to be your wide receiver one, you're going to have trouble. But if he's got a guy across the field from him where he can kind of take advantage of that situation, he could be one of the best at doing that. Um, my big problem with Marshall is his focus. Um, you guys have kind of outlined it um, with routes getting a little out there, balls clanging off of his hands. He's got a focus problem, which is coachable. Okay, that's not that's not a kiss of death for me because he has a lot of traits that a lot of strong, you know, strong wide receivers have. He's big, he's fast, you know, his, he has good footwork at times. He's just not consistent. There are times you watch him like a lot, like I was talking about with, um, with um, uh, Moore or was it Bateman? It was Bateman where he was just like, um, at times he's just like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing with this route? Like, what are you doing here? And it's just, he, he can get coached up. I have no problem with t- what Terrace Marshall could be. Um, but if you're looking for him again, cause in, in for, to do anything in 2020, I think he needs a little bit, uh, a little bit of coaching to really re- reach his maximum potential, but he's a great, um, option to be like the third year breakout that we've been seeing, like it went away and then it's starting to come back. I think he's a great option to be a third year breakout guy where he kind of learns the game a little bit more, uh, focuses in, because I think his only problem is his focus, really, because um, he's got loads of physical ability. Um, so if he if he if he glues himself to the wide receivers coach and the jugs machine, I think he can be a superstar in this league. But he needs a little bit of coaching. So for his rookie year, I just don't expect a lot from him this year. So you guys can tell as as we're talking, we're we're drastically changing tiers here because we went from, ah, yeah, you know, let me let me find something to nitpick here to this is a major problem I see with this player that's coachable. And so we're kind of we're we're kind of in that tier now with with Terrace Marshall and stuff. And um, uh, let's talk about the next guy on the list, which is Elijah Moore. Um, I'll start off because um, I have Elijah Moore. Um, uh, above Terrace Marshall, and uh, I don't believe either of you guys do. No, neither either neither one of you guys do. Um, really, it's it's there's one easy comparison for him. He is almost the exact same size, and I, I'm scared to say this because I feel I'm scared Walker will call me lazy. He reminds me of Antonio Brown. All right, Walker didn't call me lazy. <laughs> He is he he's can catch everything. He's a great all around athlete and he is versatile. Um, if you watch his uh, game against Mississippi State from 2020, his first two targets were a bubble screen on first and 10 that went for a first down. And his second catch was a 50 yard bomb. So he can do a little bit of everything. And I'm not saying he is Antonio Brown. I'm saying that is the if you're trying to get a one sentence comparison for him, that is the easy one. And I missed, I'm sorry. He is five, nine, one eighty five out of old miss and Walker. Go ahead. Tell me why I'm wrong. He's not Antonio Brown. Cause he's uh, more athletic and works at football. Ooh. Uh, okay. He's cause Antonio Brown wasn't a good athlete coming out in, in, you know, his RAS was bad. Um, Morris is very good. Like he has really solid testing. Um, he's a good route runner. Obviously, yeah, he's small. Um, he doesn't have great play strength. He, 
he can, he can body catch now and then. I don't know. He just it seems like he was a guy who was pretty solidly like second or third round for most people. And then he tested a little bit better than people expected. And now all of a sudden he's a first round pick. It's oh, like, God, really? A lot yeah. of, there, there's a lot of first round like back end of the first hype for him now. Okay, right. that's um, insane. <laughs> there, there, there. I've seen mocks where um, he's going to the Colts. Yeah, like good he's a, he's a really good route runner, but like guys who their best trait is being a really good route runner are like really high level slot receivers, and that's a second or third round pick. You know, I mm-hmm. have I have him as uh, he's like a Tyler Boyd, you know, like a a, a really a really good slot receiver who is the second option for a team and that's what you're going to get. And that I have him as like a mid to late second round type player. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's where I see him as well. That's why I was dumbfounded by, I see him as like a, a back end of the second round guy. And that's why I was kind of dumbfounded by people putting him in there first. I think that's, I think we've reached a uh, peak take where we run out of things to talk about, so we invent things like putting Elijah Moore in the first round. Mm. It happens every April. Every April, we, we we reach peak take, and we decide to just say things for the sake of saying them. Um, Mike, how do you feel about Elijah Moore? Well, I do like his short area quickness. Um, he can challenge over the top as well as work the middle. Uh, you know, physical cornerbacks could slow him down a little bit. But his routes are very sharp, as you guys are talking about, um, vertical push, uh, and very competitive. That's what I like about him, especially in the slot. Dude just goes af- after it. As far as weaknesses, um, his size is not really built for any kind of position. Uh, he will have elongated steps into his route breaks, uh, catch radius. Uh, you know, when you're small, tall throws are going to give you problems. Um, and then the elusiveness is, is, you know, someone who is like an Elijah Moore, you'd like to see more elusiveness out of him. Um, but it's like that. Yeah. Is it's just going to be, you know, is he going to be one of those guys who catches it and then gets tackled? Or is he going to be one of those guys that catch it, move and then gain three or four yards? So far, all he's shown has been someone who can catch it and then gets tackled. So I'd like to get a little bit more elusiveness after out of him. Okay. What uh what's your um your grade on him? Where do you where do you see him going? I I actually have him I was his second rounder, a solid second rounder, um, middle, second round kind of and then all of a sudden all this talk out as Walker was talking about with him being a first rounder and then I'm seeing him mocked at the Colts and so I he, that that ranking, I mean, I have him I would have him before all this was breaking out. I probably would have him like as a wide receiver seven, like rank seven on the list. But because all this news is breaking out is him being a first rounder, I boost him up a little bit. But um, I don't I'd be very hard pressed to see him as a second rounder. So, I mean, as a first rounder. So I'm going to go mid mid to early second round pick. Yeah, I called him what potentially one of the stars of the of one of the fancy football stars of the last decade. Um, and I even I don't see him going as a first round pick. <laughs> I think that that's crazy. I think if somebody tells you uh, that Elijah Moore is a first round pick, I think they, uh, like I said, have run out of things to talk about. Um, I, think, I think a lot of it has to do more with a team need because mm-hmm. he might be one of the better slot receivers. 
So, like with the Colts, they really need a slot receiver. And so the fit makes sense. But there's a big difference to me with talent and talent first rate, first, you know, first round talent comparable to first round need. And Mm -hmm. I think maybe that's where the, the lines are being crossed is that because he's going to the first round may have more to do with a team need than actual talent. Yeah. And, um, to Walker's point, slot guys, you know, good slot guys should be second rounders, should be third rounders. These aren't the, you're not spending your, your first overall pick on, on a, a slot guy unless he's transcendent. Um, so yeah, I, 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 uh, I didn't even get pushback. I'm agreeing with this and I'm flustered. So uh, <laughs> my my disagreement uh, reaction has taken over. But yeah, I'm completely flustered by Elijah Moore first round pick. That doesn't make any sense. And it's why you don't read mock drafts because they make you go insane. All right. So let's go ahead. Let's talk about the next guy. Uh, Amon Ra St. Brown, 6'1", 195, brother of uh, Equinemius St. Brown um, out of uh, USC. And um, I don't know why my brain broke there. Out of USC and um, named after the Egyptian god of the sun. So, Walker, uh, let's talk about Amon-Ra St. Brown. He's he's good. He's another one of these like really solid wide receiver two types. Um, good route runner, good size, solid athlete, um, you know, decent hands, decent play strength. Just kind of a slightly lesser version of Bateman to me, honestly. He, same type of player, just not quite as polished um, and, and uh, not not open as often. But still a guy who I fully expect to be a productive NFL player. Should should be a wide receiver too for somebody. Um, kind of like a like a Marvin Jones to me. Just a guy who's probably always going to be underrated. Yeah, I like that Marvin Jones comp because when I watched him, um, like he he's a box checker. You're like, all right, you know, hand-eye coordination, good. Body adjustment, good. You know, fight at the point of a ca- uh, of the catch, good. Hands, really good. I liked his hands better than than um than most of the guys I watched uh, in the top ten. Um, his routes, good. Um, but when I watched him, USC just kept sending him on digs. I'm like, come on, man, do something else. Show me something else. I want to see more. Um, but I, I put at this point, he's looking to be LaMelo and not LiAngelo to Equinemius as Lonzo. So, um, I, I, uh, I said just watching his tape at USC, uh, taller, thinner Jarvis Landry, but I like the, um, Marvin Jones comp as well. So, um, Mike, what's your take on Amon Ra St. Brown? You know, I like the fact that he varies his press re- press release so that the DBs don't just get a bead on him, what he's going to do um, with with that release, which a lot of wide receivers don't have in their arsenal, is that variation. Uh, I like, you know, that he can work from the slot, adjust routes, um, and we'll work back to the quarterback, which some wide receivers have a hard time doing when wide receivers scrambling. You need to get in that view of the quarterback. He does that really well. Uh, I like his tracking talent and body control maintains the top speed when sort of turning to find the long ball, which is we've talked with about a couple players. They'll lose speed when trying to find that ball. 
Uh, weaknesses is average foot quickness, uh, like, uh, unlikely to gain a consistent vertical separation, focus drops. I mean, so many wide receivers that we talked about. I don't have this is like the fourth or fifth wide receiver I talked about. Focus drops. Uh, the one thing you have to do as a wide receiver is focus. And so just to see all these wide receivers out there that are having problems with their focus drops is very disappointing. Um, there, there, there's nothing really dazzling about him, you know, or as his profile or overall game. Um, play strength might need an upgrade against physical cornerbacks. So corner, I should say. Those, those are the kind of things that I've noted about him. Yeah. And um, one last thing. Look up his dad if you want to. <laughs> the the St. Brown family, Brown slash St. Brown family, is a very interesting family. There's a reason I, I comped them to the balls in that their dad is um, uh, basically since before his sons were born, he decided they were going to be NFL caliber players. So it's a very interesting family for him to grow up in. And his dad is a uh, I believe he was a Mr. Universe. Um, so look up his dad and then you'll realize all the weird things you might read about what they did. Like I read they had spaghetti and meatballs for breakfast a lot of the time, the St. Brown family. If, if your dad is a former Mr. Universe, that's what you got to do. Um, so, yeah, I, we all kind of had the same impression of uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Like he's good, but nothing pops off the page, really. No, nothing super exciting, which is kind of, you know, where we are in, at that point in the draft. Like solid guys who aren't uh, superstars. He needs so, to block better, too. Needs to block better. There you go. I'm moving him up my ranks because of the blocking comment. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the pause was for. He's well, now you, my wide receiver. Move him down. He's now my wide receiver three. He's more oh. like a wide receiver five now because he can't block well. All right. All right. Let's go ahead. Let's talk about the next guy, uh, Tylen Wallace, who I did not pull up his page because uh, I was talking about Amon Ross St. Brown. So Tylen Wallace is. Um, their heights and weights are all over the place. And so without a, uh, uh, a combine, I'm just going off of what Roto World says. Six foot 190 um, out of Oklahoma State. And uh, Mike, what is your impression of Tylen Wallace? Uh, so Tylen, um, crisp route runner, um, transition, separation, leaping. Uh, this is what one of the things I really like about him. His leaping focus and timing, uh, very athletic. Fearless competitor, you know, uh, fights back against physical co uh, coverage. As far as weaknesses, he's undersized. Um, upfield charge is just average. Uh, inconsistent route effort when he's not the intended target. So, you know, you're going to need to get that together. And then um, average acceleration out of stems. Okay. Um, so where do you ha see him going? Are we Are we into the third, fourth round, or is he still second, third round? Mike. Mike. Sorry. Mute button. Mute button. I'm muting everywhere. Um uh third round. Third round still? Okay. Walker, what's your take on Tylen Wallace? Uh yeah, he's my first third round grade. Um I have a couple other guys that we haven't talked about yet just ahead of him. Um Hey, do you remember James Washington? Uh this <laughs> is him. It's it's him again. Uh Really solid, you know, uh, good, productive, but the type of receiver that he was at Oklahoma State isn't going to translate to the NFL because of his 
lack of size and athleticism. Mm-hmm. Like Wallace is not big enough or fast enough or strong enough to play the way in the NFL that he did at Oklahoma State and be successful. Um, I like him. I think he's a talented football player. I think he can adjust. Um, but I also think that there's a possibility that he ends up kind of relegated to a wide receiver four type role, kind of like Washington, where he just never quite puts everything together. And so he's like, he's just a, you know, three or four target a game guy. Um, I hope that's not the case because I think he has potential to be a wide receiver two for somebody. Um, but you know, it's there, there's a wide range of outcomes because he's going to need to play differently at the next level. Yeah. Um, just to the point of wide range of outcomes, he's my wide receiver 14. I just, that's fine. I, I, the, the James Washington thing kind of explains how I feel about him. Like he'll be okay in the NFL. He's going to get pushed down by his size, but I watched Tylen Wallace and Seth Williams back to back. And I was like, Oh, Tylen Wallace is pretty good. And then I was like, Oh, Seth Williams does a lot of the same things, but he's 30 pounds heavier and three inches taller. So it's like, and he's got a super wingspan. So I just kind of fell out of, Tylen Wallace fell out of favor for me. Initially, he gave me a little bit of Michael Gallup vibes, like a poor man's Michael Gallup. Um, but I'm, I just, I don't know. Tylen Wallace just doesn't wow me um, at all. So Mike, how do you, um, did you already talk about Tylen? He did. My yeah, brain. Yeah, I'm I'm having trouble uh, multitasking like this. I was really hoping for the coward Evan to be on this episode so I didn't have to talk so much. But um, his cowardice is really showing his yellow belly. So um, so, yeah, Tylen Wallace, my wide receiver, 14. We're starting to get to the point of guys where, um, you know, little things can really kind of throw you throw you around the rankings. Because, um, um, Mike, you don't have where do you have Tylen Wallace? He's not in your top 10 or Walker. You don't have him in your top 10. Eleven. 11. Okay. So it looks like for all of us, he's somewhere between eight and I guess I'm the low guy at 14 on him. I guess that's my hero's choice. My anti-hero. I don't like him, but like I was talking about in the group chat, there's a tier here, right? It it cleans off really nicely at 10. There's a tier of Surratt, Brown, Rogers, Tylen Wallace, who Nico Collins, who I kind of, I'm like, okay, I can, I can see a path forward to you, but you're just not, wowing me very much um and that's kind of where they ended up for me uh in another draft he would probably be higher but i or i just i don't know i don't know tylen wallace i don't get you that's what i wrote in my notes i get i wrote this is what i wrote every once in a while i get a little confused when i'm way off on the consensus that seems to be tylen wallace and i said right now i'm not that impressed on a play-by-play basis but he does flash some traits so i mean the consensus is like a third round player. So I really don't think you're that far off. See, I see him as like a full round later. I see him more as a depth guy in the NFL than anything else, than anybody that makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Unless he gets, so that means you're a bit lower on this wide receiver class than most people then. Yeah, could be. Yeah. There was okay. la- so, so last year I was, when I was watching the year before when I was watching, I was like, yeah, yeah, this guy, that guy. Oh my God. You know, everybody's so good in this class. And then watching this class, I, struggle to find things that make me really excited about guys outside of the top five. And, and it's, it's, it's just a lot of the same. And, and, and it's just, I don't know, this class just doesn't, it doesn't wow me. You're right. I am lower on this class than a lot of people. It just doesn't, it doesn't wow me. Um, but the thing for Tylen Wallace that gets me is um, Mike, you mentioned it 
Um, he he gets shoved off his routes a lot, and a lot of times he just tries to push around his defender um, when the defender is bigger and as fast as him, or as big and as fast as him, and it just doesn't work. Um, without his, you know, he's he does he doesn't have great deep burst. It's not overwhelmingly strong, um, and so he's just always swallowed up. He's always swallowed up, and and maybe this is again me being gun shy, being very cognizant of this type of receiver, um, a guy who's always swallowed up. But I'm just I just don't like Nylon Wallace. Nylon. <laughs> this MF. This guy. Who does he think he is? All right. Um, so let's go ahead. Uh, Nylon Wallace is number nine. This is our last top ten guy here. You know, you you do know his name's Tylen, right? Why was I? I wrote Nylon everywhere. Oh. Well, that's oh, not I'm, his name. Oh, no, it's just in my header. Why did I do that? There we go, Tylen. Why was I calling him Nylon? I because don't know. He's like a Nylon wire. He's like a Nylon wire. All right, so let's go to another uh, name that I can screw up. Uh, Kadarius Tony Got it right that time. So Tony um, is 10 for Walker, 9 for me, 9 for Evan, and he is not in Mike's top 10 at all. Mike, where do you have uh, Kadarius Tony? Tony, Tony, Tony. Um, I have him. Well, I threw him in the sleepers. So wherever I guess I have him first there. So eleven. Eleven through thirteen. Yeah. Eleven through yeah, somewhere in that range. So all right, Tony, uh, six foot one ninety three out of Florida. And um, Walker, why don't we go ahead and start with you talking about um, Kadarius Tony? All right. Uh, he's really athletic. Um, he's the type of guy that you know people get excited about for no real reason in the draft just because, well, he's six feet tall and he's really fast. Um, I have like a late second round grade on him. Like he's, he certainly could be good, um, but he needs polish. He's not a particularly great route runner. He's, he's not, he just doesn't really, he's not that good of a wide receiver. He's a talented player and athlete, but he just doesn't really get open that well. You have to manufacture him touches at this point is in his development. And I think he'll get a little bit better than that. But I think that if he lands with a smart team, he will end up being a really productive, like third option for somebody, whether that's third receiver or behind a tight end or receiving running back or something like that. Um, but if he ends up with a team that doesn't utilize him correctly, then I think he'll just kind of be one of those guys that that for like five years were like, man, he's got a lot of potential, but like never breaks out. Um, he's just, like I say, he's just not that good of a wide receiver. But because he's got such game-breaking like speed and uh, you know, and yards after the catch ability, he's got good vision. Um, he's He's a lot like LaVisca Chenault to me, but just smaller. Okay. I guess that's that's really what I got for him. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Mike, what about what about you? Yeah, I agree with Evan. Um, he's definitely a gap kind of model. You agree with, you agree I'm with not who? Evan. I'm not the, Evan. The coward is not on the podcast. How did I say Evan? I don't even know why I said Evan. Because you're used to saying I agree with Evan. Because um, this is only like the fifth episode I've been on. <laughs> That's I probably with, why. I agree with Walker. That was so subconscious that I said that. <laughs> um, okay. 
Uh, I agree with Walker. Uh, that's fact that he is a yak monster. Uh, I, very much of a gadget kind of guy. So maybe a Curtis Samuel kind of comp there. Um, he, you know, he, he has very good open field vision. I think um, as far as negatives probably, probably can go, um, he has had some injuries. Uh, he only has one season of production. Uh, I think as we're talking about how bad of a route runner he is, he does have some good routes. I mean, um, if you watch him run that that whip route, uh, that's so if he can run the whip route as well as or I guess other routes as much as he can run the whip route, then he's going to really excel. But he really doesn't have all these all these other routes that he has. So you can definitely say he has inefficiencies in, in that area, um, which is very interesting. I don't know if that just contributes to how how good he is is uh with his athletic profile because he can run the whip route but whatever it is he needs to be better in his route um and then um a lot of wasted motion in his breaks it's just like dude what why why are you doing this this makes zero sense um and then more quick than speedy uh is probably my last negative on him yeah i i called him a wild man when he's running routes uh here here's my take on it his his uh his routes uh his, the very speed angle stems all that stuff it's good i think he does i th- i think there's a method to his madness watching him he reminded me a lot of watching uh if you guys remember stevie johnson oh, who yeah. ran li- ran like a psychopath but neither de- like he destroyed peak darrell Rivas and peak richard sherman in like the same season because you expect a wide receiver to do one thing and he just does whatever he wants, but he ends up in the point where he needs to be on the field. He just gets there in a completely unconventional way. Now, if he's with a good quarterback who can make that work, I think he has a very high ceiling. If he's with a quarterback that relies significantly on timing and who doesn't have a lot of anticipation or touch or, or feel, you know, your, your, let's say Kirk Cousins types, um, your Jimmy's Garoppolo, your Max Jones, guys who, um, you know, need a guy to be in a particular place because that's how he knows to throw the ball where it needs to be. He doesn't do a very good job on the field. I think Darius Tony could get swallowed up very easily if he's in the wrong offense. But I love his yak. He, I, I was having dreams of him being alongside uh, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle of just uh, being this kind of like another chess piece for Kyle Shanahan. Um, and you know, their new quarterback, Justin Fields. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think his, what, what Mike, you say as a, as a detriment, I see it as a good thing because you could say all that stuff about Stevie Johnson too, but because there was a method to his madness and I believe there's a method to Kadarius Tony's madness, I think it's a good thing and it's going to keep defensive backs on their heels. As Stevie Johnson once said, why so serious? Why so serious? As Stevie Johnson also said, gestures at his or stares at his hands as he drops a wide open touchdown and then blames God after the game. (laughs) (laughs) That was that was I don't know why that moment sticks out in my head. I think it was the first time I was watching an interview. I was like, come on, dude, just say you dropped the football. (laughs) So. um, So, yeah, uh, we saw a lot of the same things in Tony, but I just think it's a good thing. That's all. And the genius Evan agrees with me and has him nine. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Walker, do you have a rebuttal? No. No? I'm good. You're good? I'm good. Okay. All right. 
So uh, that was our last top 10 guy. So now we're kind of getting into uh, hero picks slash guys who kind of sat at the bottom of multiple things. So, um, you know, Evans, Diami Brown is going last. He, he, he put him seventh, so he got pulled up the ranks, but now he's going last. So let's go ahead. Let's talk about Seth Williams, who is also, uh, I guess, my pull up too. Evan and I pulled him up. So Seth Williams, um, he was, uh, let's see, he still is 6'3", 211 out of Auburn. I'm just trying to find my notes here. Like I said, a lot of what we said about Tylen Wallace, I feel the same about Seth Williams. He's just much bigger. 95th percentile wingspan. Does great at the point of attack. Um, I really like him after the catch as well. Um, he is a guy that I'm putting in pencil in the third round of all my rookie drafts. Um, when you watch him run, he reminds me a lot of the way that you used to watch Colin Kaepernick run, where you're like, this guy isn't going very fast. And then all of a sudden the entire defense is behind him because he's just taking these long field eating strides like he as he's running. Before the catch, he's fine. He's a lot like, you know, a lot of the same things we said about Tylen Wallace. I felt about Seth Williams as well. Um, I He is my my highlights top 10 guy, as I put him. I, I let one guy, I fall in love with him. I put him in my top 10 because of his highlights. Last year was Chase Claypool, so that worked out pretty well. So hopefully Seth Williams, uh, as my requisite uh, top 10 highlights guy, works out. So, uh, Mike, what do you think about Seth Williams? I like him as a 50-50 red zone kind of guy where, I mean, his arms and his legs are just, like, massive. So you could definitely use him in those areas. Uh, he's – what's going to really hurt him um, as far as between the 20s is his lack running uh, – route running. He's just awful. Um, couldn't couldn't sell a route if he offered it for free. Um, and... Sir, I'm cutting that out of the podcast. <laughs> no, because he's is, right. That is it. That is an unacceptable. T- he can be right, but that's an unacceptable turn of phrase. I will not allow it. Yeah. Uh, no, not not good, huh? Um, and then um, you know his hands um, aren't very very sudden, where you needed that that you know push out to catch the ball, or very you know secure. Uh, doesn't have a lot of getaway quickness after the catch, so you're not gonna. That's you know, weird. I I saw that though. That's the thing. But now I'm looking at. Uh, his he ran a four five forty, so I don't know what I was seeing. Maybe I just saw him play. Some Are you sport. sure you weren't watching Anthony Schwartz on accident? I am positive I was not watching Anthony Schwartz because I do not know who that is. <laughs> the other Auburn wide receiver who is oh, okay. extremely fast and can't do anything else. <laughs> no, I was. I mean, I was watching Seth Williams, but this isn't fleshing with what I saw. So I have to go back and rewatch Seth Williams because Mike, you mentioned that the complete opposite. He ran a four five forty, so that's not what I saw. So now I'm just I'm just befuddled. I mean, yeah. I, I I don't care for Williams. He's a guy who I think will be decent depth in the NFL. You know, he'll be like a, you know, he could turn into a wide receiver three, should be a fine wide receiver four. Uh, yeah, good yak ability, great size, um, decent athlete, terrible route runner, kind of stonish hands. So... I, I don't know. He he just he seems fine. He seems like yeah. He he just seems like he's just gonna be a guy who fills out rosters, like Demarcus Robinson type guy. Yeah, he's not Demarcus, even on my list. Demarcus Robinson taking some flack here. Well, that's fine. Demarcus Robinson's a decent player. Nah, he's yeah, he's he's fine. 
I don't know. I have to rewatch Seth Williams because everything that you guys are saying and, and this this four five forty, I don't know what I was seeing. Um, well, don't I, forget that pads and non pads could have a, a lot to do with the fact of, of the forty time. So that's uh, true. You you know, so that that might have something to do with it too. Yeah, but I'm I'm just not only pads, but yeah, I mean both you you know, it doesn't what you guys say doesn't flesh with what I saw. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take the wisdom of the crowd here and go back and rewatch Seth Williams because now I'm scratching my head as to what exactly I was looking at. So I don't know. Let's go ahead. Let's move on to Walker's boy, Nico Collins. That's Nico? right. Nico Collins. So real quick, Walker, uh, Michigan, six four, two fifteen. Yep. Uh, very very good athlete. Worked a lot on his route running in the season off. He opted out this past year. Um, was pretty productive in 2019, despite having just god-awful quarterback play. Um, he, he was more productive than Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, he's a better football player than Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's, uh, yeah, like you said, big. Um, at the Senior Bowl, he was dominant. That's not a huge predictor of future success, I know. Um, but since we didn't see him on tape, what he looked like at the Senior Bowl, he had stems on his routes and suddenness that was not present on tape in 2019 uh i think he's got a ton of potential he's not necessarily a guy i would expect to be super productive year one um but i definitely think he has potential to be a really solid wide receiver too for somebody okay uh mike what's your take on uh mr nico yeah i like his deep ball ability 50 50 kind of uh capability there um very competitive uh, he averaged nearly 20 yards per catch. Um, you know, of course, that's probably not going to happen in the NFL, but it just shows you what kind of, you know, that he is a very good deep, deep ball receiver. Uh, aggressive hand fighting. Um, those are one of the things that really go unnoticed with wide receivers, especially on jam coverage, is how well can they fight um, with their hands. And he's very aggressive there. Uh, jump ball, as I was talking about, traits and physical uh, as far as negatives go, uh, he just can't can't get rid of, uh, you know, he it's, it's almost like he carries these DBs in his suitcase because he never gets separation. So it's just like <laughs> any 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 route that he runs there, the DB is almost like always in his pocket. Um, he, he, he has, appears to recognize his attention at the top of the route. Uh, those are the uh, not him, but the opponent. So he's not selling his routes very well. And then um, he, he needs to prove that he can work all three levels. Yes, he's a good deep guy, but can he do short to intermediate? And that is something that is not proven yet. He is climbing, though. He is climbing the draft boards. I don't know if he'll be able to sneak into, like, that fourth round area. Uh, but oh, he's, he's going to go on day two. Oh, wow. He's absolutely going on day two. So you're sort of seeing that climb, too, as well, huh? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, he he's he might go in the second round. I think it's more likely he goes in the third. But uh, yeah, I I would be shocked if he was still available in the fourth. Yeah, I um. He reminds me of he reminds me way too much of Kenny Galladay, um, to to go any later than where Galladay went, which was third round. Um, not saying he's gonna be Galladay because Galladay is kind of a special case of almost strictly deep ball receiver who learned to get better at other things and is now a number one. But I would say Collins is a better version of Denzel Mims. Okay. I am. 
I'm um so we we had a discussion. I said I would not be taking questions. Um, I have Nico Collins. I think. Well, I'm I'm excluding Seth Williams from my ranks bef- while I figure this out. So he would be uh, uh, 14, 13 for me. Um, he's just he he can do the deep ball, but like like um, Mike said, he I I don't see a lot else that he does. Um, I think he does need some coaching. And um, at this point, um, you know, a, a big guy who kind of wears coverage who depends on being um, more athletic than the guy defending him at the point of the catch. Just, I don't like that pro that that profile needs to prove to me that um, it can do well on a, on a guy that's down the ranks talent wise before I throw my, myself back behind it because um, not a fan. I, uh, I was looking at um, trying to get some information um, I like to look at the little blurbs because like I said, I don't watch NCAA football. I like to watch little blurbs on the write-ups for players to get an idea of like things that don't show up on tape. And I try not to look at the NFL comparison, but um, Lance Zerline did not have a glowing NFL comparison for him. So um, uh, Nikhil, like, oh, Nikhil, Nikhil Harry. I was figuring he was going to say like Laquan Treadwell or something. But... No, it's Nikhil Who Harry. Oh, it's Nikhil Harry. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not saying he's Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry is a special case because I feel personally burned by Nikhil Harry. And I try, I'm trying to not uh, hurt other people with that. But, you know, I was just trying to read his overview to see if there's something I missed. Because they always talk about, like, you know, brother of such and such or, you know, ran track, blah, blah, blah. All the stuff I don't I miss because I don't watch the NCAA. But uh, I didn't like seeing that. I'm being completely honest. So, so, um, so yeah, Nico Collins, just not not a guy I'm excited about. He could be something, but mm. I, I don't I don't know. Excited to uh, laugh in your face about how wrong you were in 2023. I am. You have put me in my place. <laughs> I will. I am. I am. In two years, I will be turning this around on you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing, too, is we're at the point we're at the point in the in the players where we can if we're wrong in year one, it'd be like, just you see year two, just you see. And then year yeah. three is. All right, all right. All right, I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, Mike, let's talk about your hero pick, uh, Amari Rogers, who you have as your wide receiver nine. Um, Amari Rogers is uh, 5'10", 210, and tested with the running backs at Pro Day, at the Clemson Pro Day. Yeah, just sort of that, what you're saying there, he is a compact slot target kind of guy, mm-hmm. uh, but he does create big chunk plays um, out of out of a short catch and run. So you can sort of hit him on a drive or a slant, real quick slant, and boom, he's going uh, 50-50 balls. Very good at that, which a lot of people of his size struggle with, but he can go get it. Uh, I like the fact that he, that he tacks the ball out of the air with his hands, and that's, that's very important. Some of these wide receivers – uh, or body catchers, um, or don't don't show that that urgency to to shoot those hands out and make that catch. And he does have the pull away speed, as we were talking about with Teleska. He doesn't have um, things that kind of stand out against as far as um, negatives. Can he beat the press? Um, he's inconsistent uh, with his vertical push off. Not consistent in his catches. He, he he'll make a brilliant wonderful catch and then drop an easy one so that's something again focus 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 
And then um, he's not as effective at separating underneath against the tight man coverage. Those are sort of the negatives of, of him. But, I, you know, I, he's kind of growing on me. I, I, we'll see what happens. All right. Walker, what's your take on uh, Mari? He's all right. Uh, he, definitely a, a straight-up slot guy. Uh, testing was a little disappointing. I wasn't looking at 40 because he's a slot receiver, but his agility numbers weren't quite as good as I had hoped they would be. Um, he's an early day three guy for me. I, I think he will definitely have a role at the next level. But, um, yeah, we've seen a lot of similarly athletic, similarly sized Clemson slot receivers come out, and they all end up having the same role. They all end up being a slot guy in the NFL who's the fourth option for a team. And, yeah, maybe that's, that might be a little lazy. I'm not saying this isn't like, all Ohio, all Ohio State quarterbacks are bad type shit. I mean, it's just, or sorry, type stuff. Whatever, 139.30 on that. <laughs> All right, thank you. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, it's it's not, uh, I'm, try, I'm not trying to be lazy with my analysis, just saying that they recruit these type of players for that role, and so that's the role they end up playing in the NFL because that's the type of player they are. Uh, he's he's fine. I mean, I he's built and plays a little bit like Steve Smith, so I guess I can understand some people being real high on him. But that's a special case, and uh, I, I think his most likely outcome is that he's decent. Yeah, I mean, when when I watched him, I didn't I saw a guy who was good when he had the ball in his hands, but I didn't see a guy who was exceptionally good at doing the things that he needed as a wide receiver to get the ball. Um, you know, like he just, he didn't have uh, a good, like my ball mentality wasn't great. I wasn't impressed with his route running, uh, getting off press didn't, didn't wow me, but he does catch balls. He has some great hands, when he's open, when he's not having to fight someone for it. So once he has the ball in his hands, I think, you know, he impressed me, but he didn't really impress me with all the things he needs to do to get the ball in his hands. So um, if they can manufacture touches for him, I think he will be a useful player for, for the NFL, Um, you know, as a depth guy, I just, I just don't see him ending up on my, my fantasy rosters um, unless he ends up somewhere where they're like, yeah, this guy, we're going to get this guy a lot of touches out of the backfield, out of this, that, and the other. And then a team shows it um, because you hear a lot about a lot of talk about these multi-talented weapons and then they never touch the ball because they're just not good enough to uh, do what they can to get the ball into their hands. So um, like he's, he's, I think he'll be a fun guy to watch. Um, when he does get the ball, I think he'll have some highlights, but uh, for week to week, play to play, consistent production, I just don't think you're going to find that with Amari Rogers. So, um, Diami Brown, the last guy to talk about here. Um, so he is six foot 185. Uh, the only reason we're talking about him is because Evan had him in his as wide receiver seven. So uh, yes. let's <laughs> the coward. So let's do that. Uh, so Diami Brown, um, UNC, uh, Mike, why don't you talk about him? You seem to not be a big fan of, of Mr. Brown. Um, I, I'm sure Mr. Brown's a nice guy. Uh, whether he should be seventh, that might be a whole different um, separate conversation. Uh, he, he does he does have good vertical separation, uh, stem acceleration on posts, 
uh, with a little nice little subtle juke move that he likes to do. Uh, excellent ball tracking talent, ability to, to follow the flight over his shoulder. You'll see a lot of receivers, that's where they sort of lack down when they're going on a vert and, you know, post corner fade, whatever. Their, their lack of, of judging and guiding that ball over their shoulder gets lost and confused and they'll misplay it. But he does a pretty good job with that. Um, his speed opens up on comebacks and deep digs. So he'll he'll do some deep digs and then um, comeback routes, which, which sort of shows his variation in intermediate to long routes. He, he's a feast or famous, famine type of ball specialist. Uh, a little thin, doesn't have a short area agility to uncover from the DBs. Footwork sort of labored, so it's slow. Um, and you know, I, I think he, he, if he can, if he can open up his his routes a little bit more, um, I, I think he he he'll be a little bit more dynamic. But he has he has a couple of them. He just needs to do more of that, and then uh, need to create more of a vertical push off the snap. So, you know, fade that, you know, sell that fade. And way to do that is to have a good acceleration off the line of scrimmage. His is average to below. All right. Uh, Walker, what's your take on, on Mr. Brown? Uh, productive deep threat. Uh, I have him wide receiver 12. He's my last guy with a day two grade. Um, so, you know, I, I somewhere middle to late third round, I think is perfectly fine for him. Definitely has the potential to be uh, um, that type of game breaker just because he tracks the ball really well. Um, he's, he's just got that ability to make plays down the field. He's not super fast. He's not super big. Again, he reminds me a lot of Wallace where he's just kind of that tweener type where he's not big, fast, or strong enough to be a true like number one on the outside, but he's not a good enough technician to be a you know, your number one inside threat either. So he's just going to be like one of those wide receiver, one of those like pretty solid wide receiver threes that probably play for three or four different teams and have solid production every year, but are never that great. Sort of like a John Brown type. Yeah. Uh, a, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. In, in that vein, I would say. Yeah, that's that's I you know that's kind of watching him. It's like he doesn't do a lot of things, a lot of things well. But yeah, he's a he's a good deep guy. He's best suited as um, the as a complement to a strong wide receiver core. I think. Yeah, like um, Alan Hearns or Kenny Stills. Yeah, Kenny Stills is a good one too. I um, but uh, but yeah, watching him, I was like, oh, this could be uh, John Brown. Um, um, you know, the next John Brown, where he bounces around, a team might make a mistake and think that he's their number one right wide receiver, a la uh, Baltimore. Baltimore. Yeah. And uh, it just doesn't work out well, but he's best suited as the um, as the uh, as the deep threat guy in a, um, a better offense. And I'm double checking a guy's height weight before I say it out loud. Um, but I think he could have a good role in the NFL as a Torrey Smith type. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, and and Torrey Smith, six foot two hundred five, so comparable size. Um, right. But he's he's not very versatile. He just if if you get bonuses for twenty plus yards downfield plays, then you might want to look at Diami Brown. But he's going to just flash 
uh, somebody's going to waste fab on him and then they're going to wonder why he gets, uh, you know, one catch for 20 yards the next, the next, uh, the next game. Mm-hmm. And Mike, I'm surprised. Do you know what one of the things I liked most about Diami Brown? What's that? He loves the block. There you go. He loves, yeah. this is the only wide receiver I noted the blocks on. I was waiting for you to say something, but he loves to block. And I mean, with, um, you know, with that running game they had at, at UNC, it, it makes a lot of sense. You know, the, when you, I was going to say, when, when you have uh, running backs combined for 500 yards in a game, uh, you tend to have uh, wide receivers who love to block. So uh, what were you going to say, Mike? I was going to say, uh, yeah, the only problem that, that with that, that I see in him is that he, the sustaining of blocks it's like he'll go after it but yeah. then once he's like locked in then it's it's like the it's it doesn't carry forward so oh i didn't say he was good i just said he loves oh to do okay it. well okay okay i 100 agree with you loves, he loves to hit guys he loves to hit he goes after it that is for sure yeah you you hear these um offensive linemen talk about how they love to run block so more than pass block because they get to run out and hit guys that's kind of how I feel. I, I think uh, 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 Brown has that 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 mentality when he blocks. He's like, I'm just going to go out and hit a guy and see what happens. <laughs> but yeah, he doesn't sustain them. He just loves to do it. So. Um, so, yeah. All right. Um, I, uh, I lost my screen here because I was looking up Tory Smith. Here we go. So those are our 14 guys. Um, so those were the guys that we all had ranked at one point in the top 10. I'll run down them again. Chase uh, Jamar Chase. Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, Gone Rogue here from the sheet, Rondale Moore, Rashad Bateman, Terrence Marshall, Elijah Moore, Amon Ross St. Brown, Tylen Wallace, Kadarius Toney, and then our, our sort of one-off guys were outside the top 10 were Diami Brown, uh, Seth Williams, Nico Collins, and Amari Rogers. And I'm punting on Seth Williams because um, the more I see no, the he's more... Your, he's your guy. He's your guy. He's, the... he's my guy? Your guy. Oh, no. I guess I'm the Seth Williams truther now. You're the guy. You're the Seth Williams guy. I guess I am. So um, speaking of our guys, let's um, before we get out of here, uh, let's talk about our sleepers really quick. So, um, Mike, we talked about all of your guys. So uh, is there anything you want to add about Kadarius, Tony, Diami Brown and Nico Collins, who are inside the top 10 for some of us, but you have outside the top 10 with some potential? Yeah, I think just keep your eye on where these guys are going to go in as far as the draft, and then if they make, uh, if they connect well with teams that can use their talents, then you're going to strike. But if these guys sort of just fall out, then you know I would just put them on the ignore list. On the ignore list. All right, Walker. The one guy that you didn't have that we already didn't already talk about was Tamori and Terry, and you already talked about Tylen Wallace and Diami Brown. So why don't you talk about uh, uh, Terry? Uh, again, he's kind of the same type of player. He's really, really exciting down the field. Um, didn't get a ton of work at FSU. Uh, had a little bit of injury, uh, opted out. You know, he, um, I think he was away from the team for a while, too. Um, just kind of a tumultuous college career, but the talent pops on the tape. Uh, definitely fast, uh, long limbs, moves well with the ball. There's inklings of good route running ability there i think maybe he can be taught um has the potential to be a solid wide receiver too but at minimum should be a a decent deep threat guy okay and um let's see evans 
Evan's uh, sleeper guys were Tamori and Terry, Nico Collins, and then he said anyone six four or taller. So Evan and I seem to have diverging opinions on on uh, wide receivers. And um, I took this exercise to talk about guys that I think we need to talk about and uh, who hadn't really come up as guys that might um, might pop down the line. So my guys I picked all were I had the benefit of everybody had given me all their guys and then I picked after I made the consensus. So I went with uh, Sage Surratt. Marlon Williams and Jalen Darden. Um, Sage Surratt, I know, Walker, you like Sage Surratt. 6'3", 215 out of Wake Forest. And um, he's he's not very fast. Ran a 4'7", pro day. But he's very strong. And mm-hmm. he, he, he reminds me of Anquan Bolden. I mean, I was I was like, that's a lazy comp until I looked up his his uh his 40 until I saw, oh, uh, Anquan Bolden ran a 4740 and I was like, okay, well, that makes sense. Big, strong is going to muscle a guy out for the ball. Um, I saw somebody call him uh, potentially Michael Thomas. I'm not going to go that far. Um, I don't think he has that in them. But um, Walker, was it you who said uh, he's got a Marquez Colston ceiling? Yeah. Yeah, I kind I, I like that. I, I like that, but I, I, I prefer the Anquan Bolden comp for him. Just think about big, strong guy who's going to rip the ball away from other people. But not yeah. the fastest. No, and and it's more likely that he ends up as you know what most big strong guys who don't have any speed end up as, which is you know your Colin Johnson, Auden Tate type player who always makes a team is always has a small role but never has a big enough role to be fantasy relevant. Um, but I think he's a decent football player. Yeah. You know, um, I would like to head off the Marlon Williams talk with, I don't want anything to do with a guy who had a two point something RAS and can't track the ball. Oh no, he had a two point something RAS. Oh yeah. He's not athletic at all. <laughs> Good God. Okay. never mind. I, I just like him. I just like him cause he's a big thick boy. Well, yeah, but he's bad. Like I have an, I have a UDFA grade on him. I don't, I'm, I'm not touching him. Ooh. UDFA. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with the UDFA grade he on him. I think he can't run routes and he doesn't have the athletic ability to overcome that. And it, just being able to run over a guy doesn't make you a good football player. Yeah, but you know, like I put in my notes, nobody would ever accuse him of being a technician, but um I I had fun watching him. And so I want well, I'm not to... saying his tape's not fun sometimes. Yeah. I'm just saying that I don't want to interrupt him. Well, I mean, let's be honest here. It was the, it, I could talk I could talk about Tutu. I think I think Sage is draftable. Uh, oh no, we're talking about Marlon Williams. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, UCF. He is. Well, a, he's yeah, just a I, 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 I wanted to make a joke about Sage. Okay, let's let's make okay. So, Mike, how do you feel about Sage Surratt? You know, the one thing that I've questioned about him is if he has um, um, brothers or sisters named Rosemary at time. There we mm. go. What about parsley? Or parsley. There you go. But Thank you, Mike. Basil Surratt. No, his brother's named. Uh, no, that's his cousin. Never mind. What's his cousin's name? Chaz. Chaz Surratt. Chaz Surratt. That is a the movie. linebacker who's in this draft class. Oh, that's his cousin. Oh my god. Yeah. I didn't. Well, okay. I didn't know that. Huh. That was that was that went over a lot better than my joke. <laughs> well, Mike, thank you for stopping down the podcast to make sure we went back to get that joke in. I appreciate it. <laughs> it was very important I got that out. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I completely forgot who my last guy was because I was just. Uh, oh, Jalen Darden. 
Jalen Darden um, pegged him as kind of a Darnell Mooney type guy. Uh, likely day three. He's super shifty. I loved watching him because uh, he was just a speedster and a, a little yak boy who could uh, do a lot um, in the right offense. So um, he was really yeah. productive and uh, he was, it felt like uh, when, when they, when they lined up inside the 10 zone, it was like, all right, bubble screen to Jalen Darden and nobody's going to stop him because he's just going to move past everybody. That, that I can agree with. I, I think Darden is, uh, he, he's, he's a really solid dart throw anytime early on day three. Yeah. I, 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 let's be clear. I like Jalen Darden more than I like Marlon Williams. Cause I mean, Marlon Williams, I, this was my description. I love watching him. He's big and fun. Jalen Darden. I'm like Darnell Mooney 2.0 can't stop him. Yak boy. So I like, I like Jalen Darden more than Marlon Williams, but um, well, I good. like Sage, Sage Surratt the most. And I, I mean, I agree with that too. I was exclusively trying to pick guys that we hadn't talked about either. So it's like, I mean, should, we, should we mention Dwayne Eskridge considering he's probably going to go on day two? Sure. You can talk about Dwayne Eskridge. Uh, old. He's 20. He's 24. Mm-hmm. And he didn't do anything in college until mm-hmm. his like redshirt senior year. Um, yeah, I'm not really excited about that. Uh, don't, don't call me a breakout age guy. I'm not a breakout age guy. But you love breakout uh, No, I don't. I do not love breakout age. I haven't muted on Twitter, but it's, you know, not being any good at all until like you're 24 years old and still in college and playing against a bunch of 18 and 19 year olds is not great. Yeah. And he's tiny. Uh, he's not really a particularly good route runner. He, basically, you're just like guy is fast. Like it, that, that's the only reason why anybody likes him is because he's fast. And I, I don't know. I, I have a early day three grade on him. I take him in like the fifth round, but he's going to get way overdrafted. Well, I, I told you, I watched 24 wide receivers. Um, and Dwayne Eskridge is my 24th wide receiver because yeah. when I watch him, he can, he's small, he's fast. And I was like, he needs some coaching. And then I was like, how old is he? 24. Okay. Never mind. Like there's, there's some traits there, that you can like, but he's past the age where they're going to be developed for him to be a quality, you know, guy to worry about in fantasy. Like if he was 20, that'd be a different story because he could grow into something, but he is who he is. You know, that's like, there's, there's two decent Mac receivers coming into the draft this year. Dwayne Eskridge could use some coaching, but is really athletic. But then he's like, Oh, he's 24. That's not going to work. And then Isaiah McCoy is only 20 but he's super unathletic. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, these old guys, they, they keep getting me. Um, that's like, uh, I liked a bit about, uh, John or, uh, Ursua two years ago. And then I was like, Oh, this guy's 25. Never mind. And you know, there's, there's, there's no room for development left for Dwayne Eskridge. That's why I put him last. I, he'll, he'll hang around on rosters as a speed threat, but mm-hmm. you know, so does, um, Richie James. You know, we don't we, right. we don't particularly care about Richie James for fantasy. No. So. No. Um, so, yeah. Anybody else you guys want to get uh, names in um, Austin Watkins, uh, Smith Marset, Watt Filer, yeah. which is yeah. just a great name. Emir Smith Marset is a decent day uh, day three prospect. Um, Watt Filler or Filer, um, he tested horribly. So I'm kind of out on him now. Um, let me look. 
Uh, Cornell Powell, the other Clemson guy, is okay. Um, Going to be one of those guys who's, again, he, he reminds me of like the, the Josh Reynolds type where he's just kind of there. Um, he's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Emmatorb Hebe, whatever, however you pronounce his name, from Illinois. He's okay. Uh, tested well. <laughs> what? <laughs> was that song, was it by heart? Uh, and he wants another baby. I don't know what that song is. I no, don't know it's... what that's. Neither neither one of us are in their 40s or 50s, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I ate the showing. Yeah. <laughs> Evan, where are you to understand yeah, my references? <laughs> um, Atwell, we mentioned, again, another tiny, fast guy. Uh, and then outside of that, the only other uh, three three guys, um, Marquez Stevenson from Houston, didn't test. He's had a ton of injuries, but he's good when he's on the field. So if he can figure out a way to stay on the field, he could, you know, figure out a role. Um, Jamon Osborne from Texas A&M is a guy who I've just really liked for a couple of years. He's not that great. He hasn't didn't test very well. I don't know. I just like when he's on the field, he seems to get open and make plays. Um, and then Michael Strachan from Charleston, just because he's the small school guy who's really athletic, who I think could pop. Okay. Yeah, no, those those are all good names to know. Mike, is there anybody else, if you want to empty your clip about guys, uh, what wide receivers to know in this class? Um. I, I'm curious on what Demet, uh, Demetric Felton is. He going to be a running back or is he going to be a wide receiver? He's so, not. He's not going to make it in the league because he had a, a under one RAS. Jesus Christ! Yeah, he tested, How is that even possible? Because I don't. I don't know. Like he is looked it? pretty. He looked pretty decent on tape, but then yeah, he tested it. And it's like he's tiny. He's slow and he's not agile. Wow. Under I that that feels like the thing where you like you get uh was it 400 points just for putting your name on the SAT? I didn't know you could get an RAS that low. <laughs> well, it can technically it can be 0.00. Jesus. But, Lordy. Yeah, I mean, most of them come in between like 2 and 9. But okay. Yeah, it, it's awful. I think it might have been the lowest of any receiver in the whole draft. Good God. Yeah. And um, Mike, when I say I watched 24 wide receivers, it's because I watched 25 guys listed as wide receiver. And one of them was Demetric Felton. And I immediately moved him over to running back. Running back. Yeah. Yeah. I immediately was like, yeah, like when I was doing my rankings for wide receiver, because I watched him before running back, I did my guys and then I wrote, this is a running back, Demetric Felton. So I didn't forget to move him over because I was like, oh, this guy doesn't count like this guy. He's 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 a different thing. Um, and I'm that's sad that he's got such a bad RAS. That uh, that makes yeah, me. I didn't uh, know it was that bad. Wow. Yeah, I moved. Yeah. I from there, I just moved him down. Like I've only I'm 12 uh, running backs in, and I moved him down like four spots. So, um, because I saw him having like a Naheem Hines type role, but not with that RAS. That's not gonna work. No, 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 no. He's uh, yeah, he is like Chris Thompson at best. Oh boy, Chris Thompson. Oh boy. Mm. Yikes. Okay. Um, so yeah, um, I think, uh, that'll do it for this week's episode of the, uh, football absurdity podcast. Uh, if you like what you heard, please rate review and subscribe in your podcast app of choice. I forgot to say this at the top. If you're hearing this from the website, um, iTunes has been doing its janky thing again. Um, 
message me at on Twitter at Jeff Crisco, K-R-I-S-K-O, and I will get you the RSS feed that you can drop straight into your uh, app of choice, and it'll get you the stuff directly from the website. Cause the and you, know what, that, and you our, know what that'll do? It'll, it'll, it'll be shortening your wait time. There you go. You'll get it like that as soon as it goes up. So, do you get it because uh, of your name? Oh, I hate you. <laughs> I hate you so much. I hate you so much right now. It's like I'm like I'm in the sixth grade again, and all the jokes are all coming back. I'm so sorry. All right. So, <laughs> thanks. We, we, we will be back next week in the Patreon feed to talk uh, running backs. And hopefully the coward Evan will be back. But uh, this has been Walker's last episode for making that. <laughs> So, for bye Walker. For, bye guys. For bye for Walker. Take care and you have a good one. Bye guys.